My dogs are barking. I was on my feet from 7 a.m. until, I don't know, 10 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Except for sitting down to eat dinner. That's the only time I sat down all day. So. Well, uh, here you are. Asleep. You're sitting down. Yes. Sitting down, drinking beer. It'll taste delicious. Mmm. So. We have, we're doing a little experiment. I bought online uh, probably one of the best consumer models of, uh, of temperature, of instant temperature probes. It's like about 20 bucks. It's the uh, Lava Tools Thermal Wand. You see like Alton Brown using it in mm-hmm. Good Eats and stuff. Um, so the idea is, because we don't plan to do this all the time, uh, we want to see what the temperature spread is, different, what the difference is roughly between the internal temperature of the beer and the external temperature we measure from the newbie. Mm-hmm. And... So far, we're seeing about a, a, a four to five degree split. So we've been giving you bad information for years. Well, I mean, we've been giving you the information that comes off our infrared thermometer. Right. Bad information. <laughs> Maybe if we turn the laser on, it'll be more accurate. I did notice, because I tried it a little bit of it. I have a newbie at work to measure um, water temperature for coffee. And... I did notice that it's it get it gets to about ten degrees when it gets hot. So, okay. mm-hmm. well, there could be a lot of factors in there too. There's more steam rising from right. the stuff. It was also it was in styrofoam cups. I was heating them in the microwave. So I don't know. You know, we're going to be measuring them from the same glassware at the same time. Right. That'll limit some of the variables at least. Right. Right. Darn you, infrared thermometers. We thought you were magical. Oh, well. So what's up? Baltimore's up, I guess, huh? Yeah, well, yes. Um, you know, my parents, my mother said he started to, I don't know whether she started to. She she mentioned that, you know, the riots are happening. And, uh, you know, and I said, well, you know, I, I understand why they're happening. Uh, if you keep people, if you do the kind of discrimination that they've been doing for 40 years in Baltimore, then yeah, you're going to get, um, you're probably going <laughs> to receive something like this happening. I, she was, oh yeah, she was mentioning that she, she was watching the news at the time and they were, they, they, kept, they kept showing people looting a, a CVS or something. Mm-hmm. And, I, and she was like, why are people looting a CVS? And I was like, eh. I mean, I'm sure CVS can take it. <laughs> I don't think the fact that they're looting is is that big a deal, right? Um, you know, it, it, the the big deal is is why would they? Why did we let our city get to the point where people feel like looting is their only option? I that sure. and I mean, there's there's a there's a mob dynamic in riots when mm-hmm. when everybody is doing something, you're much more likely to go along with it, right? Yeah. Uh. I don't have any insightful opinions or anything yeah. like that. I was telling Greg before we started recording, Dave, the guy who was on the show around New Year's, he's in town to uh, run the Pittsburgh Marathon. And his two brothers, they both live in Baltimore. One's a firefighter, one's a police officer. Mm-hmm. The police officer had his vacation canceled and uh, couldn't leave town where the firefighter was still able to get off. So, just two of the three are running the marathon tomorrow. I know. It's not yeah. not really a heartwarming story. I mean, it's... Uh, I don't know. I wasn't trying to make a poignant I, I point. I hope that Dave's brother is one of the good cops. I would hope so, too. <laughs> it's it's a... It's the, here's the problem with police... I need. To, I talked about it when Dave was here, and I would talk to him about it too. I mean, the military has done a remarkable job because I, I remember having an argument with somebody else about this sort of thing, cause, and and she was saying that um, her her options in the military it, it was a, it was a she was an anti feminist. She was saying that her options in the military are just as good as a man's options. And I said, well, yeah, the military is actually one of the more one of the most progressive mm-hmm. organizations. Uh, and the world is not like that in general. The military is in general one of the has a lot of anti-corruption forces that are not that that are thought of as necessary and that are, they're not considered 
horrible like internal affairs is in police departments where they're like <laughs> internal affairs places are are almost um considered like anti-police right and it doesn't help that when they're on yeah. tv they're always they're always portrayed as the a-hole cop that's right. out to get the good hard-working police officer right. any any situation where you give people power over other people is rife with complications for corruption Police, especially so, because they were giving them extra legal authority, mm-hmm. and you find that mo- that they have very entrenched systems where they keep supporting each other, even when they do do this corruptive force. So it's mm-hmm. it's hard to be a part of something like that and not have a little bit of the corruption stain you in some way. I mean, yeah, you look the other way when certain things are because it makes your job easier. I mean, you want to. I think police, most police in general, want to help people, but they also have a brothers in blue mentality. And you know, if if a little something happens that that's a little off, they'll support their brother in blue more than they would if that weren't the case. And that's that's a culture thing that needs changing or needs at least addressing. Yeah, I I don't really have enough knowledge to speak competently. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't put myself in the place of a police officer and whether, you know, I would cover up, you know, something that a peer had done. Yeah, I just, I, I can't even speculate. I think it would so. depend on the scale of what they've done. Sure. I mean, I, I've covered up people or covered up people, quote unquote, taking supplies home from work right you're not supposed to do that either but it just feels feels like a general uh, genuinely like victimless crime <laughs> but i don't know yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh i wanted to this picture shocked me because like this must be i guess it's just a pittsburgh look i mean look at that that's that's you Oh, holy shit. <laughs> it does look kind of like me. Yeah. Same hat thing, same, you know, wearing the sunglasses and the beard. <laughs> Who's that guy? Uh, it, was, it was one of the trucks. I think it was the taco truck posted that picture. <laughs> so, yeah. You're like, what's Jeff doing a product yes. today? We've got a show in 10 minutes. <laughs> Just Jeff's got doppelganger. You have a ganger. I've had, I, had, I don't know if I told you this on the show. I had two people in a week tell me that I looked like uh, Bradley Cooper in American Sniper. Yeah, you said something about that last time. Yeah, two I think. people in a week. I, I still don't even. I should. I should look it up to see exactly what he looks like, but I, uh, I haven't. Yeah, it's a passing resemblance, I think. So if I do just images, I mean, mm. not really. No, not really. Particularly, I mean, look at look at how buff he is in that one. But still, it's it's <laughs> right. I mean, that's a guy who works out, you know, five hours a day. Right. Here's another. Here's a picture of him. And yeah, I don't. Yeah, not really. It's just a superficial thing. Most you have a beard. I have a beard and, and ears. closely cropped hair. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Blue eyes. Yeah. But no, I don't. I don't see the rest of it. Sorry. You know, look like Bradley Cooper. What else do we have? I have a lot of topics. Okay. Uh, the the AI article you sent me. Oh, no good, huh? Ooh. Really? Ooh, that was terribly written. Huh. It was it was like a guy trying to be Randall Monroe from XKCD, but failing miserably. All the little jokes and stuff that he put in there were way off tone. Okay. The, it needed sorely needed an editor. That thing, the fucking thing, was huge. You can read the same <laughs> thing over and so over and over long, again. Yeah. Uh, the the research that he did seemed to be all sort of concentrating around a specific mentality of a specific group of, of specific people, the AI researchers. Uh, the 
the concepts that you were showing didn't make sense. Like, for instance, he like the assumption that uh, that we will continue that we will absolutely definitely continue to see uh, a logarithmic progression in in this just because that's the way it's happened the past ten years or something like that. It's going to happen. There, there's no reason to assume that that will be the case. Uh, we're, we're already coming up against like physical limitations on things like Moore's law. Moore's law is just, of course, an observation, not a law. The some of the concepts were kind of, I thought, kind of sloppily presented, and uh, just well, it was re- like I said, really poorly written, like really poorly written. I was shocked at it because you've sent me stuff that's been very well, that's been very good, mm-hmm. and uh, so this was like, so I mean, I, 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 you did go back to the same topics time and again, you know, I, I didn't really. And I agree, it could have been tightened up a lot. You know, taking an hour to read the whole thing. How long did it take you to get through the whole thing? Uh, like the first one took about twenty minutes, and I was, okay. and I was like, it, I thought it was, a, it was it was a fucking ponderous read. I was just <laughs> like, oh god. And I went to start to read the second one. I was just, and I sort of start, I sort of skimmed it because mm. it was all the same stuff, and it was just more. Uh, oh, this is more just like beating this drum of, of this is horrible, this thing is going to happen when there's really no no good evidence whatsoever that any of this is going to happen. Uh, it, it struck me as a very Howard Camping, uh, Mayan apocalypse, end of the world type. Mm, okay. he, you know, yelling about something that, that isn't true or at all true, but, you know, but, but there's there's like the... There's a sci-fi premise in there that's captivating. Okay. I mean, so... I, I thought it was uh, an interesting article. It gave me some insights that I hadn't otherwise had. I... Um, you know, I'm always, I'm always explaining science sure. stuff to you. And I've told you, it's, it's really to, to get it in my head how to both help me understand it and, mm-hmm. and to figure out, okay, what do I need? What do I don't need to explain this to somebody else right. to get the concept across? He he needed a you. He needed somebody <laughs> to bounce this off of so he could, right. Right. you know, all right, what do I need to write here? And what what can I Yeah, I mean, the part where it gets sci-fi and I guess scary, I guess, is when they start talking about a thousand times smarter than... Yeah, humans. Which? How do you even quantify that? How do you yeah. even come up with the concept of of what that means in terms of? Well, I mean, what they were taught, they kind of tried to. They kind of described what that means. It means you would have the knowledge to engineer reality, right? I mean, because you'd be able to, you'd have the computational power, of the smarts, and then you know, with with nanotech, you'd be able to build stuff and just do whatever. You're making the- like eight hundred assumptions there. Okay. Sure. About the the ability that you would have should your intellect get smarter, about what a, a, a larger, you know, what more processing power would add to an intelligence, what, wh- whether a, a larger intelligence wouldn't be actually selected against because maybe it would get itself caught in loops more often. I mean, there, there's so many... You know, there's so many things we don't understand about intelligence. To start assuming, oh, that there's just this, that there is this linear way in which intelligence uh, relates to how we manipulate the world. I, I don't think that's even true. I mean, you would, we could be extraordinarily intelligent creatures, and if we didn't have the digits and, and you know, the, the manipulative ability that we have, we wouldn't be able to do anything anyway. <laughs> right. Be a bunch of dolphins. Yeah. So there's there's so much in there wasn't addressed. Culture was not addressed at all. How does culture play a role in, in intelligence and, and, and how that is uh you know, how our how our past influences that stuff and how that plays um understanding the role that emotion plays in intelligence was not even not even even considered from the article from what I understand, from what I read. I don't I don't remember a, a even a point about whether there's, you know, whether emotion is there. It, it just the sort of Spock Vulcan thing, right. which is not intelligence. That's 
I mean, and then it's intelligence, but it's not the kind of intelligence. It's not consciousness. It's well, not right. I mean, last week I was talking yeah. about intelligence versus consciousness, yeah. and are they one and the same, or can they be separate? Because in the article, it was talking about what seemed like something that was intelligent, but not necessarily mm-hmm. conscious wasn't a requirement in what the, the scenarios that they were talking about. And uh, it was, you know, so that's kind of something I wanted to explore yeah. with you was how consciousness and intelligence is, are intertwined and if they're, you know, absolutely joined or not type thing. And I'm making, I'm throwing out, I'm not an intelligence researcher. I'm throwing out what I assume are perfectly reasonable objections and not a one of them was even considered. I mean, it's not like a situation where you're throwing out, you're throwing out, um, you're trying to explain evolution. People are throwing out these quote unquote stumpers that have already been through like a hundred years of, (laughs) we've shown it to be the case. None of this is, Mm -hmm. is in any way, grounded in any kind of science like that it's it's all completely speculative uh very sci-fi-esque you know very it's the same kind of what will you know what sci-fi writers interpreted as the future 30 years ago they got like tiny pieces of it right and they got a whole bunch of it totally wrong maybe 50 or 60 years ago right sure I mean, I hear but what, what but what hurt me the most was yeah, it was really poorly written. It was it was a slog getting through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. We got a so we did the game previously the the, the Bruin USA Bruin USA that was fun and so we got somebody else who wanted to use us as as a promotional tool. And we kind of looked at it, and we were like, "Huh, okay." It, it, the whole thing was kind of a kind of a cards against humanity. Well, it thing. definitely is like, "Hey, let's take the popularity of cards against humanity right. and the structure, add in beer drinking as a component, and have a Kickstarter." Yeah, like a twenty-four thousand dollar Kickstarter. Like, <laughs> Uh, I mean, <laughs> the beer movie that we just did—that was twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so these cards, though, they're not—it's—it's it's not really, as far as I could gather, there's no play, there's no there's, rules, there's no yeah, it, 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 there is no relation to beer except for they have beers on the cards, yes. and you're supposed to play this game while drinking. The questions are just kind of like. Ponderous questions. Yeah, they're like, you know, junior high school philosophy yeah, and or yeah. uh, it, silly it, questions. That's exactly yeah, yeah. it. It's the questions you'd talk at the 24-hour diner at, yeah. at 2.30 in the morning when you're 18 years old, 17 years old. Or I could imagine this would be a lot more fun if it was a weed-smoking game and not yeah, a, exactly uh, a beer-drinking yeah, game. This should definitely be... If anything, a game you smoke when you're, 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 you're pondering deep questions when you're smoking weed. Uh, let me see if I can find some of these questions. Because, yeah, we didn't, we didn't I don't think we responded to him, but we'll, we'll mention it. Uh, Thinking and Drinking is the name of the, uh, uh, the name of it. So here's one of the questions. Here. What could you go longer without, internet or coffee? Okay, and, and I guess you're supposed to just... Take these questions out and ask and riff, them of people. riff on it, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's just to start conversations. I think that alcohol is already a social lubricant enough that if you need these cards to get to know somebody or, or to have a good time with somebody, there's, there's probably more psychological issues going on. <laughs> so, Greg, what could you go longer without, coffee or the internet? Uh, I could go longer without coffee, a lot longer without coffee. Uh, if if, <laughs> if aliens landed here right now, which player would you send to greet them? What? <laughs> also, they, they have this kind of handwritten font. It's supposed mm-hmm. to look right. kind of handwritten, but it doesn't. Uh, time travel or space travel? That's the question. Oh, yeah. Which would you... Sponsored by Ninkasi. Is it the space beer? 
<laughs> Total domination. No, okay. Assist their IPA. What? What's the What's the question? Time travel or space travel? Yeah, which would you rather do if both were available options to you? I mean, well, you or Ugh. maybe maybe you parse the question as which one exists? Yeah. Well, <laughs> technically both. Space travel, your, your space Stop time being travel. being so pedantic, Greg. They mean going into the future or back in time. Yeah, space a- travel exists, time travel doesn't. <laughs> so I don't think that's the spirit of the question, but <laughs> that's okay. Um, and there's, there's a meal chip at the bottom. Meal chip. Meal chip. Yeah. Okay. More topics. Space travel or time travel? I need more parameters, man. <laughs> space travel or time travel? What? I mean, space travel as in our capabilities right now? <laughs> you know? Or space yeah. travel, our capabilities in Star Trek? Yeah. Or time travel as in our capabilities right, right now? now? Or capabilities in Quantum Leap? Or capabilities in Back to the Future? Hmm. I wouldn't want the Quantum Leap time travel. So, uh, two things happened on Friday. Or maybe it was Thursday or Wednesday. I'm not sure exactly which day it was. But you went into pumpkin beer anaphylactic shock. (laughs) (laughs) It was Thursday. That was Thursday, okay. Um, yeah, you, you were like, oh, pumpkin, pumpkin is still here, boo. And then you had like a gun with a tin head. And I was like, all right, let it go. Remember you're frozen, just let it go. And you said something like, um, then the terrorists win. And I said, they already won a long time ago. Yeah, I wonder if Mad Max is regretting putting pumpkin on tap for that. Because they had one day where they had the gobblerito, mm-hmm. you know, their turkey dinner burrito and pumpkin, right? And that was like a week and a half, two weeks ago. Now pumpkin's just languishing on tap. Yeah. Or they bought more. I mean, you don't know. <laughs> Maybe. So, yeah, this is the year that pumpkin becomes, it com- becomes a year-round beer, even if it was only sold in season. I, uh, I mean, that, that's, that seems like the direction in pumpkin beers are going if if, yeah. if people love them so much then they're eventually going to be around all yes. oversaturate the market i want i want the pumpkin beer bubble yeah. to burst yeah that, that'd be good i mean you see that the uh the girl scouts know to, not to do that you mm-hmm. can only get girl scout cookies once a year and so you wait diligently for your girl scouts to come around yep. and it's a good market for them but you also sent me a picture of uh, I think it was Garrett Oliver posting oh. a uh, a dish. Yeah, in La- from Latvia, right from Latvia. Now, as a uh, as a cook, not a chef, cook, I I did see a problem with the dish. Okay, first of all, I wasn't sure what those things were. I think they were nuts, but they looked like they might have been like bubbly. So I wasn't sure if they yeah. were like some kind of w- like fried. I'm really interested in, in in very a very specific element about what those are. Because if you look at what the rest of the dish was, it was an avocado. Uh, didn't look like the avocado was even cut, which was kind of weird. It was still in the peel. Uh, on the, uh, I thought it was. I thought the skin was off of it, but I don't think so. Let's see here. It was, a, yeah, it was a halved avocado, yeah. and then where the pit was, they put Let's in. Let's take a look at the actual picture. Oh, no, I guess it is in the skin still. Yeah. So It's also a teeny tiny avocado. Unless it yeah, yeah, really I mean, big hands. Yeah. It's not it's not one of the uh It's not like a Haas. It's it's yeah, probably it's not a Haas. It's something yeah. else. But okay, so inside the like inside the avocado is is a half an avocado pitted. Inside the avocado is a Wagyu beef tartare. Um, looks to be, you know, a pretty decent tartare. It's got what you need in a tartare. You need to have some kind of well, I'll, I'll explain more. Uh, there's then there's a quail egg on mm-hmm. it, and then there's these things that look kind of like puffed rice, but not. I don't know. A couple of them look like they're like broken up walnuts or something, and then a couple of them look like they're puffed. So it's hard to tell what it is. Right. Yeah. I hope that they are walnuts because that would at least make sense for the dish. So the problem that I noticed with this dish 
is all right. So you have a tartar in a tartar. It's it can be kind of a mush and one note flavors. Unless you put in need some onion to give it that sulfury bite, you have to put in some citrus to give it a little bit of acid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, keep in mind, wagyu is a beef that is very fatty. Uh, you you want to eat it very um, as raw as possible. So I mean, you know, tartar makes sense. But on top of the wagyu, a very fatty beef, they put a quail egg and they put it inside a very fatty fruit that doesn't have much a lot of flavor in mm-hmm. avocado. This absolutely needs salt. I hope that's well seasoned. It needs a little bit of pepper or something to give uh, to give a, a um, some kind of spicy bite to it. But the thing it absolutely must have, and I don't know whether those are giving it those things we don't know of. It's got to have texture, mm-hmm. or else it's just this ball of fat. Maybe you eat the skin too. That'll give you texture. <laughs> Without texture, that would be... I'm not even sure what that would taste like. It would probably it would taste like jello almost. Right. Tartar doesn't have egg in it, does it? It's just oil, right? When you make the tartar, you don't add egg normally. You do can. You, do you? Yeah, you can. Also, maybe, maybe the quail egg is... As you eat it, you know... Is is that a, you know maybe there's but the quail egg is just fat. I mean, yeah. for the most part, it's 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 proteins and fat essentially. There's no texture thing there. It's not it's not extraordinarily flavorful. It's going to taste like a lot of mush. I, <laughs> it, it 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 looks pretty. It's got a nice arrangement of colors on it, but I don't know what that's going to. I don't think it's going to taste very good. Yeah, actually, I. I didn't even really consider the uh, the avocado part of it, right? I was just yeah. looking at the meat and the egg and the the bugs, as you said <laughs> in your tweet, uh, and you know, look, you know, the we're, it's getting getting close to savor time, which means we're getting yeah. close to having some uh, brasserie Beck on the way in. That's right. We need to do the traditional <laughs> traditional steak tartare. All right. What else do we have here? Oh, um, Jeff kind of joked about blocking the judge report, and I, I jumped on him because of that. He joked it. You, you, you can explain it. I was walking through the highway at work, and I saw someone had the judge report up. And so I just, I don't know, I thought it would be fun, you know, not funny. Like, I didn't expect. Greg's reaction kind of surprised me. <laughs> I just okay, said, I surprised myself. Sometimes. I just said, you know, uh, some dudes were reading the judge re- drudge report. Time to block some sites, and Greg flipped the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have a very, and I, I dislike businesses that block sites. So I, I just had sort of a visceral reaction to that, uh, and then, uh, then I was like, what? "Okay, you're not actually being serious." I mean, I knew you weren't being serious, but I was like, "Then you're like, like, don't, don't even joke about you it." You said, "Don't even joke." And then about I was it. like, "Then I was like, two minutes later, like, yeah, if, okay, you, you can joke about it." <laughs> I don't know where, I, where I got off on my, you know, I, that was a little bit of a high horse I was on. So yeah, but I mean, I, I feel strongly about it. Don't block sites. Okay, <laughs> your objection is noted. Mm. Suave as a but, rose, but I will continue to joke about it. So fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Suave as a rosemary mint shampoo. It's available in Suave. supermarkets. Yeah. Okay. Remember, we love the Avita rosemary. Oh, oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So now you can have rosemary mint without having to buy it online or whatever. By designer yeah. Avita shampoo. Nice. That's our favorite. That's one of our favorite parts because we always go. What's the hotel they have? Is the uh, that's not the Westin, is it? No, it's it's the uh, the Renaissance. The Renaissance, yes. And every hopefully they never change your shampoo because I'll be sad <laughs> because they have this Avita um, rosemary mint shampoo and, and the mint. The mint is really potent. Mm-hmm. Like it tingles your scalp. And just when you put it in your hair and you're standing with your eyes closed and you just breathe, it just is such a so awesome. Yeah, it's not it's not quite as powerful as Suave version, but you can smell it at least. It smells yeah. good. Yeah. 
Oh, this is cool. Do you know the stopped clock illusion? The stopped clock illusion? No, I haven't seen that one. This is when... And it, it's really noticeable, I suppose, back when we were kids. If you would take... If you would look at the clock, and it was one of those public school mm-hmm. clocks, the second hand would seem to take longer time for the first second than ever on the other second. Okay. And there is actually a physical reason why, that's, why that happens. A physical reason in terms of the way your brain processes. We move our eyes around. I think it's called synoptic vision or something, but we move our eyes, you know, so they... They dart around like uh, like lizards and birds, and then our brain, for that brief period where our eyes are moving, our brain kind of shuts off our visual input, so we don't see a bunch of blur. Okay, and then uh, then sort of back shows us the image uh-huh. of the next thing once it has that in focus. So, what happens is you're looking at something, and then you look at the clock. And the the brain sees the clock and doesn't quite, and it, it's still in the period where there's nothing that it can see, and then it resolves it at whatever seconds it at, and it shows you that you, your perception is that that second that it's on is also briefly before <clears throat> okay. you looked at it. So you actually see, so it's like your brain is processing it. And it keeps that for a second longer than it should. Okay. Huh. That's neat, the idea how when your eyes are moving around, how it kind of shuts off the input. Because, I mean, everyone experiences that. Like, why are video cameras so bad mm-hmm. at panning when, you know, your head isn't, your eyes aren't? And that explains it because the way it works there. So now someone needs to make a video camera that can do that. Yeah, that... That would be that would be interesting if somebody could could do that and but you would then see the same problem and it would be a lot more noticeable because it would be on video. Uh-huh. You would see an image sort of frozen in time for a second and then it would move on. We've adapted to interpret that in different ways. Right. But the camera just restore just is measuring photons and it would then you'd move it and it would Take the image of what you moved and push it back, or take mm. or keep the image where it was, because your brain is doing that all the time. It's always interpreting things. It's the it's the reason the blind spot things work. Like I can mm-hmm. there, my thumb disappears, um, but it doesn't act. I mean, I don't notice it disappearing. Right. Things are moving, and your brain just sort of assumes that things will continue moving on those paths. Mm-hmm. Right. Perception is, but so if we actually recorded what what we saw <laughs> and played it back, it would be really weird. Sure it would. Think those beers are cold yet? Probably not. Schrodinger's cat. Yeah. I was thinking about this, and I thought that it's probably taught wrong. Okay. Because I think that it, it's taught in a way to, to, to have it make sense to people or have it be, have, have, have them understand what the quandary is, but at the same time, uh, have it make some sort of sense. But I, I think a slight changing of the word to make it sound a little stranger, but would actually be probably more accurate in terms of what's going on. That is, the Schrodinger cat classical thing is, well, you put the cat in, blah, blah, blah. The cat is not dead or alive, but both. Right? Mm-hmm. But really, really, they should probably explain it as not dead or alive, but neither until you open. Right. That That's weird to people because it, well, because you, you recognize you put a cat in there, so it has to be dead or alive, right? But the problem is you're putting them into essentially a kind of mini black hole. You're putting them behind an event horizon, and you can't have any determination of what's the going on inside The problem with saying neither. Okay, so 
put the cat in the box at point A. Point B, there's a probabilistic period where the cyanide maybe right. is released or may not be. And point C is where you make your where you make this where you make this no no where you make the statement where it's alive and dead. Okay, so just give me a point C okay. where you make the statement and then point D where you make your observation. And the reason I think both probably fits better the way I'm imagining it is because in, at point B, the cat was either stayed alive or died. So it's, but if you say neither, it makes it sound like that event hadn't, because if the cat had died and you open the box at point D, and you run an autopsy, you can judge how long ago it died, right? So it had died prior to the box being opened. Well, where does point? I mean, does point C happen after point? Well, B? point C is where you're making the either both alive or dead statement, or the neither. Technically, alive you're making that as dead. soon as you close the box. Okay, but I'm just saying for the the phrasing of of the thing, right? Because when you say, "Okay, this cat is now both alive and dead." Or neither alive nor dead. But when you open the box, you may find that the cat had died prior to you making that statement. Saying both alive and dead, you know, makes more sense. You Which could, is part of the problem with making it about a cat. Because it's not, I mean, the whole thing is it's quantum. It's not about macro states. It's about what happens at a quantum state. So this is, you close, you you put an electron in uh, in a box you you make a determination of the electron's spin. Uh, you say it's either spin up or not. You close it, spin up based on. Remember when you take when you take spin, you're you're measuring whether it is whether there is a magnetic moment across a particular axis. So you can say, for example, there is a spin that is aligned with this. With, with I'm, I'm putting up a. a, a a horizontal line in the air. You can say it's the spin is aligned with See, this. This is why Schrodinger used a cat. Yeah, and but Schrodinger using cat, but, but because okay, you're not doing. A very I know good I'm not job. doing a very good job. Okay, but you you put you put electron in the box. You say okay, this you you examine it. The electron is spin up. You close the box. Then what is what spin is the electron? Well, you don't know. You have to open it up and look at it again, and examine it again. The Electron when you aren't measuring it, it's called a superposition, but really it doesn't have a defined spin. Well, sure. So, I mean, the, the, right. So, I mean, so, I mean, Schrodinger is using something that's alive, and then he's introducing something that will fire at a random time that mm-hmm. will kill the thing that's alive. And it's random, so you don't know when or if it had happened until you open and observe. And then you will either see a live cat or a cat that is already dead. Right. But the moment before you open it, what is that cat? And the cat is in a superposition. We've talked about that a lot. Yeah. And you were arguing that it's neither alive nor dead. And I it's, was it's kind of... It's a, saying superposition, I think, gives gives a bad idea of what's actually going on because it's not that... It's not necessarily the that state's it's not determined until it's observed. Yes. So what I mean, and, and where that comes into play is, for example, when you're explaining entanglement, and I've talked about this sort of the quantum jewel box idea or quantum envelopes, whatever you want to call it, where you put okay, it's do, do envelopes. You put you have a red card and a blue card. You put them in envelopes. You close the envelopes. You mix them up. You toss them across. That is sort of that's not entanglement. Because they were red or blue before you put them in the envelopes, and they're going to stay red or blue. Mm-hmm. But what actually happens is you put cards in there that don't have determined, uh, <clears throat> don't have determined properties. You give you close the envelopes, then you pass more, and then when you when you open the envelope, that's when the system is determined, not before. Mm-hmm. To get that across, to get across the the actual problem and the actual strangeness of the problem, I think superposition or the Schrodinger's cat gives a a bad introduction because it presents the idea that these things are in these states before 
And so there's hidden information when we've shown that, no, there isn't hidden information. That's where the interesting quantum stuff actually comes from, because these don't have defined states. These aren't things that you can say, this is red. It was always red, so you always were going to measure red. That's not the situation. Okay. I don't know what you, you tell me. What am I making any sense here? Does it uh... making some sense? Um, I think you're. I don't appreciate your. Uh, um, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, passion about this particular topic. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's something to talk about. It was in, it was on one of the beer cards. Oh. Okay. <laughs> No, I mean, I. So, I mean, you were making a. So, it sounded like you didn't like Schrodinger's cat because when talking about quantum entanglement, it doesn't solve. Or it, it's not a good uh, analog to the problem. Right. Doesn't but get, Schrodinger's doesn't cat get isn't, isn't, wasn't invented to talk about entanglement. Or was it? It was invented. Well, I mean, the. Entanglement is a, is another variation of the same quantum problem. So, yeah, it was. I mean, the, the concept came up because Schrodinger was trying to discredit the idea of um, of essentially wave function collapse, which we are we kind of we, we don't consider that necessarily the the Bohr model of the Copenhagen uh, because we've we've kind of established that there's with the Copenhagen interpretation, there's this collapse of states that happens, but there's no physical reason why that <coughs> should take place, uh, and there's no physical understanding of what that is that causes that to happen. Okay. So we now have this more uh, fluid concept of decoherence, where it's these systems, and when these systems are, they become sort of detached from each other, and then... Uh, so there's a there's these coherent states or superposition states, and they they decohere from each other when you observe. Okay. Um, it sounds it sounds the same, but it's philosoph- philosophically different in, okay. in certain ways. Schrodinger is trying to show the absurdity of the Copenhagen interpretation, the idea that. Uh, something could be in multiple states. He was trying to, to assume what Einstein did, which was that there was hidden variables that we just didn't know about. Yeah. It took Bell to show that actually if there were hidden variables, you'd see this mathematical relationship and you don't see that. Okay. And that's you know that's why Bell's experiments, why the Bell tests, the, Bell, the so-called Bell inequalities are so important for for quantum mechanics because it really showed us that, yeah, actually, uh, quantum mechanics doesn't work like we think it does. It doesn't work like the real world. It it, it works... I, I mean, actually, quantum mechanics does work like we think it does, and it doesn't work like the real world. It, the You can't describe a system classically that is quantum. Okay, yeah. All right. And... There are still people who are trying to come up with ways to do it, but that's kind of the problem: is that we're we're stuck in this thing of trying to describe a a, a quantum system in a, in a classical way. Anyway, you got me off topic, and now and I'm into areas where I'm not as uh, <laughs> okay, not as well thought of in terms of how I want to describe it to you. Okay. Do do do. Okay, here's one: the Lena image. Okay. So I just read about this today, actually. I had no idea about this. But there is, apparently, when you do image manipulation, you're, you're learning this in computer science, you are presented with a image. Let me show you what that image is. It's, it's sort of been a standard for years, for since the 70s, that they use for testing various things about image compression and uh, stuff like that. Where is it? Dang it. I'm thirsty today. I just need the whole pitcher of water. 
Well, you said you were on here. Yep. Right, and so this is the image. Okie dokie. Okay, so it's a girl. In a hat. In a hat. Uh, it's a standard test image, widely used in image processing. Okay. You can look at it look it up on a Wikipedia. Mel Kemp. Mel Kempipedia. Uh It's L-E-N-N-A. Um, it's a picture of Lena Soderberg. They... The, the the reason why it was used was the people who were originally trying to make it who were trying to where was it the University of Southern California Signal, Signal and Image Processing Institute were trying to um, do some analog digital con- conversion and they found a Playboy <laughs> and they used the top of the image for that. Type of scan, and so this is actually an image from a Playboy. Okay. So the question that comes up is, I mean, this has been a standard that is used now mm-hmm. for forty, fifty years, uh-huh. almost four years. So does this? Does the fact that this image is a standard help or hurt women in science? There's some discussion about not using this image anymore because it is it presents a a kind of bad uh-huh. cultural thing. And at first, immediately, immediately I thought was no, it's just an image. There's no nudity in here, right? There's not there's nothing going on. Then I thought about it more, and I was saying, well, if I was a woman trying to join. Like an old man, an old boys club, and I kept seeing things like this all the time. And then this was a standard. I would start to question whether I was welcome. I guess. Uh, I, you know, I've never come across this. Image I just before. came across it today. And uh, the first time I heard about it, and I sympathize, and I don't. I don't have a. I don't know if I'm. I, I guess I'm leaning towards. Yeah, maybe this shouldn't be the standard anymore. Yeah, sure. Change it. Yeah, you, you can edit Wikipedia. Go ahead, change the standard. No, <laughs> take that photo off. This is just. It, I mean, it's sort of convention that this is used, and it keeps being used. And there's pushback whenever somebody is doing is uh-huh. wants to change a convention uh, because if you know, and there's always the people who are saying, "Oh, come on, why? <laughs> who cares about something this little?" And I think the the, the answer is it's not that this. Yeah, this, this is a little thing. Uh-huh. If this were the one thing in a computer science that drove women nuts. Then it would be absurd, but it's not. Right. This is thing one million five hundred forty-three thousand two hundred twenty-three. If you can change one of those things, mm-hmm. it might be better. Yeah, I mean, a hundred years from now, when when if there is true equality, and this image was being used, then it would be absurd to to call it, you know, mm-hmm. a problem. But if it's just one thing in a long list of things, then you can you should make an effort to start changing those things. I think that's the reasonable way to think about it. Sure. Do they have the picture of the full pic- the uh, full picture? You know, yes, I can get that for you. <laughs> I just want to see. Uh, you said this from the seventies or sixties? Seventies. Okay. But I I do not believe there it's it, it's a it's got a butt and boobs. But the she's uh, looking back over her shoulder, so it's yes. gonna be kind of a side boob thing, probably. No, I think you see. Uh, I did look at the picture because I'm uh, for science. <laughs> uh, <laughs> damn it! There is okay. Do do do. Where is the picture? I had an image of it. They talk while I find it. 
Uh, let's see. Had our yard sale today. Oh, really? Sold like 125 bucks worth of stuff, which is pretty good because we didn't put that much stuff out. Max got a punching bag today. <laughs> Neymar brought up this heavy bag and because uh, he couldn't sell stuff today, he asked us to sell it well. It didn't make it to market, which you always mm-hmm. say. So yeah, Max is having a ball beating up on the punching bag. And then across the street, the neighbors are selling boxing gloves. So he has his little kid set of boxing gloves. So he's he's got the gloves on. He's back on the, the heavy bag. Well, that's good because he punches a lot. So, well, I think that's that. That is the uh, the good thing is uh, you're in a bad. You're frustrated, Max. Uh-huh. Here, yeah. Use it. Use this outlet. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of side boot. Oh, there's a mirror. It's a mirror. So you oh, see so booby in the mirror. Yeah. Hi, Lena. I mean, she's very pretty. Yeah. It was Playboy. So how do they put? Uh, not unattractive people and centerfolds. <laughs> what are you looking at? Uh, just um, got got big areolas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just be glad they didn't take a picture out of Hustler, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, what's she doing with that lollipop? <laughs> Well, I think that the, even the, even a funnier thing though is the the if you look at the where is it this is the cover of that edition of Playboy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a play on the concept of the ping pong balls out the out the hoo ha. No, no. Yes, it is. Is it? It yeah. looks more like well, pearls. But well, well, right. But you know, pearl necklace is a string of semen, and this is no, no. But you, you've heard of the like Benoit balls, or 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 even like you've heard of the the Thai ping pong ball <laughs> where they pop ping pong. Well, sure, ball. sure. But I mean, but that looks like you know the this. So she has a gumball machine between her legs, uh-huh. and there's a pearl necklace coming out the gumball right. slot yeah, right so this looks like um you know the 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 drippage after sex right that could be too yeah that's what i saw when i saw the okay. picture i immediately thought of um winona Ryder in the south park movie <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm ready to drink some beer. All right, you think that we are? I don't know if they're cold yet, but I'm ready to drink some beer. What are you looking at now? Uh, here's lots the, of Lena's. Lots of Lena's. I'm trying to see if there is more of her spread for science. <laughs> and oh, the interesting another thing should go with the Lena picture is, is she? I mean, she was kind of celebrated, and she showed up for like the 50th anniversary. She doesn't look bad. 